Thanks, Eve. Just late in the week, um, I, I actually changed the title this morning to being an ordinary church. And I, I thought it was cool how the, you know, the Holy Spirit leads Pat this morning as something he heard at youth uh, on Friday night about living an ordinary life as a Christian. Um, and we, we heard about, you know, Kay's, sometimes we don't like to be described as ordinary, but, you know, you're just an everyday person, Kay. <laughs> an extraordinary God. Sometimes it can have quite negative connotations, the word ordinary, but really what we want to see today is what is the expectation? What does a church look like? What should we at Monty look like as God's people, as his church? I think our own experiences, right or wrong, our own experiences create a bit of a bias and shape our um, expectations of, of of what of people and of circumstances. I think if you rattle off people's names here at church, uh, as you mention them, I could just about tell you exactly where they sit in each seat. Always got Raph and Pauline down here, Ken and Judy. It's great to have Judy back at church. Lovely to have you back in your seat. Fantastic. <clears throat> and it's good to have new people that are taking up other people's seats. They're very uncomfortable. They've had to move. <clears throat> I like that. But I think, the, you know, the, one of the greatest examples, classic example is when you get married. When you get married. And the, one of the worst things... Not that I said this, Sam, but one of the worst things a husband can say to his new wife, that's not the way my mum did it. (laughs) Oh, that is horrible. That is just honeymoon period is over. What brand of butter will we use? That was a big one. Dairy soft was... I was raised on dairy. I just expect everyone has dairy soft in their the Devondale. No, but Rachel had Lupac, the silver one, you know, the nice butters. <clears throat> so we negotiated on that one. We've ended up with uh, Mainland. We've gone with Mainland, the, the salted, of course. <clears throat> you see, I was raised in a, in a household where sport was so big. We played sport. We watched sport. We loved the footy. Collingwood games were always on the main TV. In fact, we'd watch most of the AFL over the weekend on the main TV. My brothers, my sisters, my mum and dad, that was what we did. Rachel, house, not so much. And so, when we got married, the main TV, we only had one TV at the beginning. I couldn't watch the footy. (laughs) Things changed. I was expecting it would just be the same. So now I've got my little computer, my headphones, and I'm come on, God, kick the car. <clears throat> you know, in Australia, there's over over 25 denominations of Christian churches, and if you go to the US, there's over 200. 
and staggeringly worldwide, <coughs> Google told me this, so it has to be true, 45,000 denominations of Christian churches. So who's got it right? Well, obviously the Christian community churches of Victoria and Tasmania, <coughs> which we are one off. What characterises God's church? What should the church look like? The last couple of weeks, as we've worked through Acts, uh, Raf shared with us uh, the, 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 the event at Pentecost. The, the, the church is born. And the Holy Spirit came upon them, which Jesus promised, and came upon those who believed by faith in Jesus as their Saviour and Lord. And at this time, there were thousands and thousands of Jews descending from all around the world to Jerusalem for one of the three main feasts, the Feast of Weeks. And this festival called the Shavuot, Shavuot, would have brought close to a 100,000 Jews from all around the world, including the... And then on top of that were the people that lived around the area, to Jerusalem. And on day one of the church, as we read this morning and we heard last week, 3,000 gave their life to the Lord. And then it says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together, praising God, enjoying favour of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. What an amazing time for this church. What an amazing time. So much change in in the way that the Jews, now these 3,000 understood who God is, who Jesus is. This honeymoon period for the church is probably as close as we'll get to a perfect church. It's not long as time goes on. As you read through the, the churches in the New Testament, as time goes on, issues arise. Issues that have plagued churches for thousands of years. Issues that have created thousands upon thousands of denominations. Rachel and I married in 2005 and moved out of home, the two of us into a little rental in Bandura. Horrible little place, but it's what you do when you first get married. We headed off to Cairns for our honeymoon and we just wanted to be with each other all the time. I think so, is that right? <laughs> <laughs> it's a long time ago. And if and if uh, if if my mother-in-law, who, who had, had asked Rachel to go overseas with her at that time... I'm pretty sure the answer would have been no. 
just marry. All we want to do is be with each other and, and do things together. It's so new. It's so. But time changes everything, doesn't it? As time goes by, things change. In 2019, Rachel did go overseas with her mother, her mum. <clears throat> well, we'd been married like what's 14 years then. So she did go overseas and left me at home with the kids and poor me. Um, I got to watch the footy for two weeks on the main TV. That was one of the best bits. But here is the church with their congregation, 3,120, devoted to the teaching of God's word, to fellowship, to breaking of bread and to prayer. Michael Horton, I came across an article that he wrote a number of years ago called The Ordinary Christian Life. And he says this in this article, radical, epic, revolutionary, impactful, dynamic, extreme, awesome, emergent, alternative, innovative, on the edge, explosive breakthrough, whole new level. And then he asks, whatever happened to the ordinary? Ordinary has to be one of the loneliest words in the evangelical church vocabulary. In an effort to be valid and relevant, many churches look to have more experiences that are highly emotional, radical, edgy or trendy. See, what characterised the early church is and I believe what characterises the ordinary church in 2023 is gradual growth. Change in our life, which is day by day to be more like Jesus. Through the means of grace and prayer and studying God's word and time with each other in fellowship and friendship. But hang on, what about the awesome wonders and miraculous signs. Let's not skip over verse 43. Was that the expectation of the church? Well, I don't believe so. I think in this context, it actually says it's done by the apostles. And those miraculous signs and wonders were, were signs that accompanied the message of the gospel. They were a sign of apostleship, as Paul states in 2 Corinthians 12. Well, maybe I sound just like an old conservative speaker in a conservative church, downplaying the power of God. And that is certainly not my intention. I know as we we sang those words this morning, you know, God can move mountains. God can work in the life of a, a woman from the other side of the world and bring her all the way here. So he can save her and work in her life and create her to be someone who she might not have been on that side of the world. God is mighty to save. I know God can do anything at any time with anyone. 
But what are we called to do as his people? What are we called to do Sunday to Sunday? What are we called to do as his church? God uh, is by no way ordinary. He is above and beyond anything we can imagine. But as we see in scripture and as we see in 2023, God uses the ordinary. He works through everyday ordinary circumstances, through everyday ordinary people, through an everyday ordinary church to do extraordinary things. There's a man, David Wilson, who comes regularly for here for many, many years. And I was reminded this week of the message he brought to us last year and some of that same theme again this year. The order of the ordinary. And in that message he shared the story of Mary, a single mother, who wanted to evangelise and tell others of Jesus. And in her mind, she thought she needed to go to a country like Chad, where Dave and Ali have spent many years. And in her mind, she needed to go all the way to the other side of the world to have an impact, to tell people about Jesus. Yet as we walk through a day in her life, we start to realise that God will use the ordinary. God will use us in ordinary circumstances as he did with her, that the power of the Holy Spirit in Mary's life was seen in an an encouraging word. It was seen in the way that she comforted her work colleague, in the way that she gave so generously. The first thing we might say then about an ordinary church is that they are devoted to the word of God. Verse 42 says, They continually devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. The, the apostles were the, they were the bearers of the divine revelation from God. This is before, obviously, we have the New Testament. And the apostles were authenticated by miracles which validated them as the spokespeople of God. And it was their teaching that, and of some others which is the substance of the New Testament. And, and the, the church, the early church were committed to studying the biblical truth. The great commission which Jesus gave says go and make disciples, teaching them, teaching them. It is at the heart of an ordinary church is the teaching of the word of God. It also goes on to say that they were devoted to fellowship. Koinonia, we'll go with that. In the Greek, it means it means uh, to fellowship or to partner with. It's a partnership, a spiritual togetherness. The, the, the early church and the church today should be a partnership, N- not a not a one or two people with spectators. It's not a football game. 
They were not part-time attenders. They lived out their life in a wonderful kind of community and partnership and fellowship. Uh, An ordinary church is not an event for people just to come and watch. It's shared. Hebrews 10, we, we often talk about that verse, especially after COVID, encourage one another. Don't give up on meeting. Yeah, a lot of people have found it easy to be on the couch and watch the live stream. Great to have. And we turn to this passage in Hebrews 10 and it says, don't give up on meeting with each other. But why? Because we want to encourage one another towards love and good works. This is the place where we use our spiritual gifts to build each other up. This is the environment where we do the, you know, love one another, build each other up, instruct one another, pray for one another. All those things we read through the New Testament in these epistles, this is the fellowship of the church. And then it says they were committed to breaking of bread. Uh, the tradition in the in the early church and in this time 2,000 years ago was a was that there would be a, a love feast, the Apostle Paul calls it, that they would come together and generally have a meal. And, and it culminated in a remembrance of the cross, in the, the, the death of Jesus was its primary focus. The baptism and the, and the communion is, the you know, we know that is the only ordinances, the commands for the church that Jesus left us to do. And the early church were devoted not once a year, not once a month or a term, but they were devoted continually, devoted to coming to the table. Remember what Jesus has done for us as he instructed us to do. And fourthly, prayer. Genuine believers continually devoting themselves to the teaching of God's word, to fellowship with one another, to the meeting around the table and to prayer. Yeah, it's interesting. We would very comfortably say you can't pray enough, can you? I don't know if anyone is brave enough to say, hey, my prayer life is enough. I do it probably more than I need to. It, it almost seems, doesn't matter how much we pray, there's a guilt almost in us that says, I probably need to have a better prayer life this year. What, what does, <clears throat> what can be said? There's so much that can be said of prayer. But I came across these two quotes and as I thought about this early church devoted to prayer, Martin Luther said to be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. I think that makes sense. Max Licardo gave this quote, our prayers may be awkward. Sometimes we think our prayers have to sound so good. 
But our prayers may be awkward. Our attempts may be feeble. But since the power of prayer is not in the one who gives it, but the one who hears it, not in the one who says it, our prayers make a difference. When they met, when this church met, they prayed. Very important. Church was not an event. Church was not an event. It was a place, not where there was some over-the-top personality striking figure. It was an ordinary place where the people of God devoted themselves to his word, to fellowship, relationship, to communion and to prayer. Just want to finish by saying that there's an overarching attitude through these verses that I see. An overarching attitude of love. And all those who had believed were together and had all things in common and they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing them with all as anyone might have need. There was, you sense this, this attitude of holding onto the things of their assets and the things that they had, they were holding onto them pretty loosely. This is not about a, a communal living or a, a communist attitude in the way that we operate or live our life. It's implying that they held whatever they had and if anyone needed it, they released it. They sold it. They shared it. This... Uh, by the way, never happens again that we see in the New Testament churches. And there won't be a call after the message today to hand over the keys to your new car, put it on Facebook, maybe, (laughs) the marketplace. But if you remember what we said already, that there were thousands probably over a 100,000 at this time descending upon Jerusalem. And 3,000 of them, it would seem, they're not heading home right now. They're not going anywhere because something has changed in them. Jesus is their saviour and their Lord and they're devoted to each other. I don't know, maybe some of them are never going to head home. Well, who's going to meet their needs? Well, you see their unity, their love for one another in this group of 3,000 or so is so strong. And they're willing to part with whatever they possess to help each other. This attitude of generosity is a character trait of the church for today as well. Um, you know, this is a generous church. 
This has been a generous church. We're 90 years old. This has been a generous church for a long time. We, we, we are in a, a position of, of owning this property. We own a property next door because of the generosity of leaders before us, of church members before us. Um, I don't know all the stories from the 50s, 60s, 70s and 80s leading up to these last 30 years. But just in the last few years, when there's been a call to, to give to churches that have been devastated in communities by floods and fire, this church, people have given thousands. When there was a call to give to the churches who were helping the Ukrainian refugees. Uh, people in this place, in Mayona Road in Monty, people gave thousands. You know, in the end, this ordinary church experienced extraordinary blessing. Extraordinary. Not because those 3,000 were extraordinary people because they worshipped and they were devoted to an extraordinary God. A God who has not changed. And in verse 47, the Lord was adding. The Lord was adding to their number day by day. The Lord builds his church. He saves and he adds. I love this church. I love Monty. I think we're pretty ordinary. I mean that in a good way. Let's not chase the things that are outside of Scripture. Let's not be identifying as anything else than what God wants us to identify as and be committed and devoted to the things that he wants us to be committed and devoted to because an ordinary church... An ordinary church, by the power of God, can have extraordinary impact. Father, you are an extraordinary God. So powerful, beyond our imagination. And we recognise, Lord, that in any circumstances, at any time, you can do anything. We have seen that over many years, when we've called upon the name of the Lord to do things, to provide, to heal. We've seen it happen. The greatest miracle of all is that you have made a way for us to be made right with you through Jesus Christ. Father, thank you for your word. May it pierce our hearts this morning as it pierced the thousands 2,000 years ago. May we be obedient and faithful and see that you will build your church both here in Monty, in the places of Chad and all around the world. In Jesus' name, amen.